0: Ravens are the biggest winners in the AFC Northeast offseason. This is a team that consistently is going to be in position to contend because of how talented they are. The reality of it is, those guys can play. The AFC should watch out for the Baltimore Ravens this season. Players in the NFL, certainly one of the best players at quarterback. They got a guy at Tailback and J.K. Dobbins, who I think could be an all pro. They got one of the best tight ends in football, a plethora of perimeter weapons, some health on the offensive line, a very good defensive line, one of the better young linebackers in the NFL, and a
1: top five secondary. And no one talks about it.
0: Yo, what it is? Welcome back to another episode of At the Bank, a Baltimore Ravens podcast. As y'all already know, yo, this is about to be a dope episode, as always, because I'm the dopest guy to go and give you this dope episode. You feel me? And you already know. If you don't know, I would like to go ahead and tell myself happy 36th birthday to myself, man. Woo! 36 years on this earth, man, and I, I'm I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy that I can go ahead and, and live my life to the fullest. Go ahead and give y'all this. Good Ravens talk, man. Go ahead and give you all my special guest because, like I said, I got a special guest on here today, and we're going to get here and talk about the ish. What's going on with the Ravens? How do we think that the Ravens will survive in this playoff? Will the Ravens make the Super Bowl? Because, as we already know, yo, it is the road to Vegas because we already know that this year's Super Bowl will be played in Las Vegas. Um. And the Raiders won't be the guys that's hosting their own stadium this year. So, and why not that the Ravens should go out to Vegas and host it for them? Because I really feel like this is our year. This is our Super Bowl year, and I feel like we had the complete team. And if y'all haven't noticed, the Ravens also believe that they have a complete team, also because we didn't beat teams that everybody thought that we would not be able to beat. So, you know what I mean. And study y'all just keep hearing it. From me, because I, I keep trying, I told y'all from day one, from season one, game one, that these Ravens was going to be a tough team to battle. A lot of people snickled, giggled, laughed, and all that good stuff to say, nah, Dave, the Bengals are going to win. Nah, Dave, the Steelers is going to win. Nah, Dave, the, the Browns going to win this because they got Sean Watson and y'all keep giving me all these stupid reasons. But. At the end of the day, I got the last laugh <laughs> because the Ravens is most definitely the number one seed. The Ravens got the bye seed. Now everybody who wasn't on the Ravens bandwagon is now on the bandwagon now. And now they all of a sudden they're yelling uh, flop nation Then because we are the number one seed, because we got the better team, because we got the better coaches, we got the better players, we got the better everything. So why not? go ahead and hop on the bandwagon. But in my opinion, this is a Super Bowl year. This has to be a Super Bowl year or a bus. Because for the simple fact that, number one, we have a lot of players and coaches can potentially be gone at the end of this season. You already know about PQ, him in his contact situation. We already know about Justin Matipike in the year that he has had. We already know that Clownies potentially, uh, Van Noy. We see that now Todd Monkin is starting to get um, head coaching calls. We see Mike McDonald is starting to get head coaching calls. We see Anthony Re- Weaver is starting to get head coaching calls. So it's a possibility that this team might get broken down uh, after this season. So this is why I believe that this is a very, very, very important season this year. And I feel like that this is a Super Bowl bound team. The way it is constructed from top to bottom, you don't. But like I said, I'm done doing my little rant, man. So now i like to go ahead and welcome my guest, man. He is a former writer for the CBS and Sports Illustrated. He has his own podcast called The Ravens Talk. And I guarantee you, we about to hear this guy talk because he speak nothing but facts and honesty when it comes to his opinions, you feel me? So I would like to bring on my special guest, man, my guy, Samuel, man. How you feeling, my man?
1: Feeling good, man. Feeling real good. Nice weekend, nice bye week. So no stress, no no film study, just watching these other teams beat themselves up.
0: That's, yeah, I'm with you on that one, man. Let's um, that's, that, that's, that's, that's get a people. Who are you? Let's introduce you, you know what I mean? Um, I told him how you was a former writer for the CBS and Sports Illustrated, how you have your own Ravens uh podcast as well called The Ravens Talk. You know what I mean? So let's tell the people, like, how did everything come about? Like, how did you go to school for this? Or, like, you just woke up and say, you know what? I'm passionate about my guys, and I feel like that I can put myself on this platform.
1: Yeah, so uh I actually did not go to school for this. I didn't get a communications degree, no journalism degree. Uh, I actually went to school for Uh, pre-medicine. I went to the University of Maryland, Eastern Shore, actually. So uh, HBCU in Maryland, a lot of people will be familiar with you from Baltimore. Uh, um, After graduation, I was actually thinking about starting writing uh, novels. Uh, And then I was just looking online, searching for uh, things to do to get that started. And I came across a literary agent who also happened to be a partner with Examiner. Uh, dot com uh, which is kind of like I would say a little bit like uh, Bleacher report back in the day except it wasn't just focused on sports uh, but they were looking for a sports writer uh, for their uh, website so I agreed to do it some supplemental income uh, to get started uh post graduation and CBS Baltimore was keeping tabs they they really liked my stuff I got an email phone call from them they asked me to come in uh, to do some um, i would say like a mock interview really i think they just wanted to get to know me a little better and they offered me a job on the spot to be their writer so i uh wrote for the team for the ravens for almost nine years for cbs baltimore uh mm-hmm. covered, was on a super bowl run uh covered the first game with uh, joe flacco a quarterback so i've been with the team for a little bit um after 2017 i actually decided to go back to do medicine i went ahead and got my doctor degree and afterwards I got an opportunity to write for Sports Illustrated uh, for my guy, Tyre Karpovic. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with him, but he's a writer currently for BaltimoreSports.com. Uh, he gave me my in back into the sports world with Sports Illustrated. And fans who liked my writing were just clamoring for me to start a podcast. And I just went full tilt this season. I just went ahead and started doing uh, podcast work. And it's been pretty awesome ever since.
0: Ah, Man, that's dope, man. That... that it's that journey, that little peak of the journey, man, it just give us the insight of you know how you started, then how you just navigated, then cause like cause like you said, you he wasn't fully in because you even took a break to even do something else, and then you hop right back into it and 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 now you're still flourishing. So that I think that's dope. Um, so uh when you was writing for the CBS, like how did you like you said, how did that really come about? You were just freestyle writing for them or you were just blogging on Twitter? Like how did that, how did they really find you? Really, uh,
1: Examiner.com actually had a partnership with CBS. So if anytime I was writing something on examiner.com dealing with the Ravens that CBS liked, they'd ask to use it. So uh they started to ask for my stuff pretty frequently, almost four or five times a week. And then they said, Hey, let's just get this guy on the payroll. Uh, and they offered me the, the job on the spot. So, I was uh, working there actually as a writer for uh, the majority of the time. And then I actually started working at 1057 The Fan at their uh, station as a digital content producer. So pretty much writing for the the Ravens most of the time, but definitely just being in charge of the content that was actually put on the website. So that was pretty awesome to uh, do for a little bit, get my my feet further into the industry.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, that's dope. And then, you know, like you said, you had hopped out of that um, eventually because you wanted to... Uh, get your pre-medical license and stuff like that. Um, Was that like the first thing, Nation, that you wanted to do or that was just something that just fell into your lap? Uh,
1: It's something that I wanted to do. Um, I told myself, I actually gave myself uh, about two years after the Ravens, I think they, the 2015 season, I told myself, give myself two more years to really get my feet into the sports uh, industry and and see what comes about if i'm not satisfied with what i'm doing i'll take a step back and pursue other opportunities and and pharmacy was just something that i really um i was accustomed to it because prior to uh, starting sports illustrated i was actually working at a johns hopkins hospital so i have some experience with medicine and my friends were just saying hey just just go for a pharmacy and see what happens and i applied for school rigorous interview process and i got in thankfully and it, it was very tough three years. Definitely didn't have time to do sports writing of any kind. But once I graduated, and uh, the opportunity came about to really do both, kind of segue into one or two things uh, outside of my practice, sports was just the, the right answer. I just I still had contacts, I still had people, still had emails coming in from the Baltimore Ravens, uh, even mm-hmm. though I no longer work for them. Uh, so it was just everything was just coming together to say, hey, just go back to it. And uh, luckily for my for myself. Sports Illustrated was hiring a Ravens writer, and I, and I and I jumped on the opportunity.
0: That's dope, man. That's dope. Um, so like you said, you said you had pretty much covered like Joe Flacco when he first came in um to the league and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, one, did you ever meet Joe Flacco in person? Um, two, if you did, did you ever interview Joe Flacco?
1: Oh yeah, I was uh, I was in the practice facility every day, Monday through Friday, so um. I met all the players. I met Ray Rice, Ray Lewis, Joe Flacco. Uh, interviewed John Harbaugh every day. I've interviewed Brian Billick in the past, so uh, those are guys that I, I saw on a regular basis. And they had my picture up on the wall. They had a picture of the media up on the wall at the facility, just so that the players know who they're seeing when they walk by them in the locker room and stuff like that. So I was pretty prominent over there. I was, I was, I was there on a regular basis for a little bit of time. I didn't stay. As the beat writer, is that the way to call it when people are there on a daily basis? I wasn't a beat writer uh for more than five years, I think, before I took a back seat and actually was sitting in the uh on the desk doing my work. But it was it was a it was a cool five years to get to know those players. Terrell Suggs, a guy that annoying as hell, especially to the media on Fridays. <laughs> I'm not sure if fans know this, but it's a good time to mention it. On Fridays, the players would get together and dunk on the uh, the reporters with footballs pretty uh-huh. much uh, while they're not looking. So just a little fun traditions like that, Uh that the Ravens had something that I had to deal with on a regular basis uh, when I was covering the team.
0: Ah, that's dope, man. Hey, hey yeah. you know what I mean? I had to tell T-Sizzle, man, you dunk on me, man. You got to give me an autograph and all <laughs> that. I might I might have to take a charge and you might have to pay me a little bit.
1: <laughs> I, I try to, you know, you got to keep it professional. You can't ask for autographs and stuff like that. But right. I definitely did want to dunk on them a couple of times. But, you know, let's frown upon in the media, so. You know, no. I tried to, to just keep man, you play. gotta start
0: a new trend, man. You I gotta sure start a new would. trend, <laughs> you already know. I
1: want to do that, but you know, try to try to try to be
0: cool, right? Right, right. Um, so as you was covering, um, you know, the Ravens and stuff like that, um, have you ever like get to hang out with any of the Ravens and stuff like that, you know, just off the scene and really get to know them personally, not just you know, from the sports standpoint?
1: Uh, not when they're playing, you try to keep that professional relationship where you, you know, you separate the the business from, you know, personal. So mm-hmm. I, I made it a point not to really talk to the, the players uh, outside of the game. I think the one person who I definitely like to talk to, just not about football, just, you know, just chill, just, you know, casual stuff was Ed Reed. Ed Reed was very welcoming with me when I first started. I was one of the few black reporters. I think I was actually the only one uh, prior okay. to Clifton joining. Um, so the players i think they felt more comfortable coming to me and stuff like that so that was cool um but for the most part i waited today retired or left the team before i started building relationships with them off the field
0: okay but hey you get to meeting them and then you know Ed Reed being a guy that can kind of welcome you um into their you know uh space and stuff like that it's pretty dope i had met every um one time at a, uh at the at the bank one time mm-hmm. um we was doing they was having like this little ravens event where uh, some of the uh, high school football players get to come down there and meet some of the Ravens and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I was able to meet Ed Reed one year. And he's real, real good guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wish Camer Phones was, was really popular during that time, man, because that would have been one picture that I most definitely would have framed.
1: Oh, yeah. um,
0: he was. I was able to take a picture with Ed Reed and stuff like that. and I always wanted to meet my favorite Raven of all time, Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis is my ultimate favorite um, Raven. Simple fact that the way he leads, you know what I mean? He doesn't just lead by talking. He also leads by example. He also wouldn't put yourself, he wouldn't put you in a predicament that he wouldn't put himself. Um, so I, I, I thought that was dope. The way he breaks down uh, films and the way he could break down plays um, is most definitely dope. And he was one of the main reasons why I started um, film watching and, and getting into like I can call plays out quick and stuff like that all because of the way he used to break down plays and stuff like that so I always wanted to meet Ray Lewis. I still want to meet Ray Lewis to this day. Um, you haven't met him yet? No, nah, not yet.
1: Not oh yet. man, yeah. I, I, he was uh, one of those players that are available on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't talk to you on Monday or Tuesday. He didn't talk to you on Thursday and Friday. He definitely understood what the media was and he used it to his advantage. So mm-hmm. he wouldn't be on camera. He wouldn't talk unless he was dressed, had a suit on. You, you, if you watch, look at old Ravens media clips and look for Ray Lewis. You'll never see him with the shirt off, t-shirt. He always has a suit on, a tie on. He waits until that moment before he talks to you. Um, if you try to approach him on any other day, he won't be there for you. Uh, but on <laughs> Wednesdays, he makes sure he's there and he's he's communicating. He everything he says has a purpose. Uh, right. So you, you know that, and then. Just speaking with other players in the locker room about Ray Lewis, you understood that he was definitely that leader that led by example. He he was a film junkie, and he he was very good at picking up tendencies from the opposing offense fairly quickly. So that's one right. of the reasons that made him so special. They made him last so long because later on in his career he lost a few steps, but his ability to decipher offenses uh, for the opposing team definitely helped him stay in the league as long as he did.
0: Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Um, from from a former Raven to a current Raven. Who is
1: your favorite Raven? Uh, man, that's tough. Uh, I say I'd probably Ed Reed. Ed Reed's my favorite player just because I love the way he played the game Uh, mm-hmm. back when I was younger. Now that I understand defenses more, I understand that, man, he put his cornerbacks and fellow safeties in a lot of predicaments with <laughs> his ability to <laughs> jump routes. I mean, for the most part, he was usually right, but – I know in an offense, like a defense, like Mike McDonald's defense, Mm -hmm. every would struggle. I do not say they would struggle, but they want to be as successful because what makes their defense so successful now is that everybody's where they need to be. Uh, But his ability to read defenses is probably up there with Ray Lewis. So I definitely enjoyed him both as a a fan of the game and and personally because of what he did for me as a reporter. Uh, Currently, I really, really, really like Kyle Hamilton. I think Kyle Hamilton has the total package. He's the closest thing that this league has seen to an Ed Reed. His length at 6'4 makes him a matchup nightmare. He covers mm-hmm. slot receivers. He blitzes like a linebacker. If he was a little bit bigger, I'm sure he could play DN. I mean, he is all over the field, and his ability to pretty much play every position is one of the reasons why this defense is so successful. So as a film watcher, I just love Kyle Hampton. Of course, Lamar Jackson, I think, just because he's the underdog and everybody's discounting him, even though what I see on tape Tells me he's special. I just gravitate towards guys like that because I definitely want to be the guy that says told you so uh, once he gets the job done.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. I already told you my current favorite would be Ray Lewis. Yeah. My, I mean, uh, my past. My current now, it's tough. Of course, Lamar is like up there, but, you know, that's like everybody's favorite because of who he is. But I think my current favorite Raven right now is the mixture between Kyle Hamilton and PQ.
1: Oh, PQ's a good one. PQ's funny. If you got P- to talk P- to him in the past, he is he's funny. He's, the, he's, he's one of those guys with those Twitter fingers. He blocked me on Twitter, actually, <laughs> because of a, uh, an article that I wrote about him a couple of years ago. So, I mean, I've, I still think he's hilarious. Uh, right. but I, he's he's probably gone in case you're wondering he's he's not gonna be back next year unfortunately but yeah he's definitely you don't think so uh, oh no oh man, the cap space is looking crazy i'm we'll talk about it later if you oh, want we, to but we, yeah, the we great is,
0: we great we great get to talking about this upcoming season but i got a couple of comments real quick i got one of my guys bryson from the grid networks telling me happy birthday i appreciate you my guy man real stand-up guy my guy EJ Savage of the Boys in the Zone, happy birthday! Appreciate you as always. I appreciate all the birthday loves and stuff like that. Y'all do know I accept gifts too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but,
0: and my man uh, Bryson also said, a sports writer who is into medicine as well is dope. Yeah, I appreciate man. Y'all you, man. See why I had to get my guy on here, yeah. man. Very interesting guy. Um, all right, let's start talking about the season a little bit. Yep.
1: Uh,
0: um. Before we see, we see what we have now, what was your expectations in the beginning of the season? Before the season kicked off, what did you really think of how our Ravens could, would have been in your eyes before all this kicked off?
1: The offense was exactly what I thought it would be. I was a huge proponent for the Ravens adding uh, weapons on the outside for Lamar Jackson for the last five years. Kind of made it myself – probably made a name for myself – on social media for being that guy either writing or tweeting that the Ravens have to I was very harsh on uh, both uh, Eric Dacosta and Steve Bichotti in the past because as I was saying you have yourself a Lamborghini and you're giving him no wheels to run you have the engine uh, with J.K. Dobbins and and Mark Andrews but you have no wheels to get this guy moving all that talent and you can't do nothing with it because you don't have the wheels to really accelerate his performance so I thought that with the addition of OBJ, and I was a huge fan of Zay Flowers at Boston College, uh, to go on with Nelson Aguilar, a guy who I got a chance to, to meet when he was with the Raiders, it was just wide open for the Raiders to have success. On defense, I was a little surprised. I'm not going to lie. The, 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 <laughs> the talent at cornerback was unproven, and that's being nice. Besides Marlon Humphrey, I didn't think that they had anything on the outside. I knew they had the, the safeties to counteract that, and I pretty much assumed that, They'd to bring Kyle Hamilton and Nickel in order to alleviate some of that concern. But this corner group has proven me wrong for sure. They're tops in the league in sacks, takeaways, points. So they've been the X factor for me in the regular season about how they've been able to perform. Even with Marlon Humphrey gone sometimes, Kyle Hamilton injured, they haven't missed a beat. A lot of that had to do with Mike McDonald, which is why he's receiving a lot of uh, interest as a head coach. But yeah, going to the into the season and the preseason, my concerns with the defense, my offense, I knew the offense was going to be spectacular. And they're my Super Bowl pick. I picked the Ravens to win the Super Bowl strictly off the fact that I thought that the uh, Lamar Jackson factor was just too harsh to overcome for any team in the, uh, the league.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Um, I was almost right on my prediction. Um, I had picked us to lose five games this year because one game I particularly thought we was going to lose was that London game. Mm-hmm. Um, going across seas and previous times before when we played in London wasn't a good outlook for us. Um, so that was my fifth loss I had gave us. But we had overcame that. Um, Defense-wise, I really – they really surprised me because I had a lot of questions as far as the DBs. Like you just said, how Marlon Humphrey was the only guy that was a proven guy, really. I, I like Marcus Williams. But the thing about Marcus Williams is that his, his availability at times um, mm-hmm. is, is, is like his only setback in my eyes. But other than those two, it was like, dang, who's going to be our who's going to be our second corner? Who's going to be our nickel corner? We lost Chuck uh, Chuck Clark. Who's going to fill his shoes because he played in a big role um, mm-hmm. previous year in the defense, especially him calling the plays and stuff like that. Um, I knew Roquan was going to be the guy. I just You can just see the dog in him. You can just see that he has that Ray Lewis S in him um, to where way that he can lead a defense as long as the defense is, is able to want to be led. Let me say that part. Mm-hmm. And um, another part I had questions on was our edge rushers. I wasn't sold on um, Odafe Owe to be the lead edge rusher or, you know, David Ojobu coming off a, a careless injury and him being the, uh, the lead edge rusher. So I was like, uh, we, we, we might get some quarterback pressures, but I don't know about the quarterback takedowns and the sacks like that. So us leading the league in sacks totally, totally surprised me. Yeah. Like I, I, I didn't, I most definitely did not see that coming. Um, on the offensive side, I can't lie. I wasn't sold on zay at first. I no. wasn't, um, during the draft, I had wanted Joey Porter Jr. Cause I said that if another the corner. Ravens okay. can go ahead and get another corner that can play on the opposite side of Marlon, because we got good history in drafting corners, Marlon Humphrey is a standout corner. Um, I felt like that if we can go ahead and go young in that direction, that Marlon Humphrey, even if he's on or off the field, he still can be Marlon. Our defense can survive a little bit more. Um, But when we didn't get Joey Porter Jr. and I was like, all right, Zay Flowers, another explosive guy, kind of Hollywood brownish a little bit. I was like, I got to see him. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm just not going to doubt him. But I just don't at first I didn't see. I didn't think that he was going to see the field as much as he did this year. And thank God I'm not a GM (laughs) because Zay Flowers has really shown and proven that he is that guy. And he can yeah. be that potential top wide receiver in his league um, as long as he can stay healthy and, and him and Lamar can have great connections, which I believe they will. So Zay most definitely um, opened my eyes and said like, "Woof, I'm glad I'm not a GM. And Todd Monkin, I knew that he was going to be great a great fit here because I keep trying to stress and tell people that, do anybody remember who Georgia quarterback was last year? And every time I ask that question, everybody can give that his name so quick. Mm-hmm. You want to know why? Because of Todd Munkin. He was the guy that was able to uprise his quarterback play. And we already had a dynamic quarterback. All we just needed was somebody to open up Lamar's option now instead of just the read option or handoff. Because I always felt like Greg Roman was Lamar's, um um was holding him, was holding Lamar back. Um, because you didn't open up the playbook, uh, as much as you should. Lamar showed you that he's a proven passer, he did it in Louisville. He showed us mm-hmm. a little bit of the sneak, um, during his first season. He was able to, he now he couldn't hit the passes outside the numbers like uh, average quarterbacks could do, but it was like if you give him time, you give him some chances, he's going to be able to do it. And right. now he's not. We, 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 I forgot the uh, reporter. He's not quarterbacky. Oh yeah. He's, he, he's, he's, most definitely, he's changed that name. Like any label we try to put Lamar under, he wind up changing that label and was like, no, that's not him. He can't mm-hmm. that, that that doesn't fit him. So um I knew that the offense can be explosive, but to continue to be explosive like at the east game is like that's the mind blowing for me. And that's why I tip my hat off to Todd Monken and the whole offense because they you have to believe in your offensive coordinator for us to start clicking like this.
1: Absolutely, I so, think that. Um, the offense for sure, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, starting out early, I thought that Todd Munkin would just change the entirety of the offense, and just make it a pass happy offense. And what he did instead was keep some of Greg Roman stuff and implement his design to it. And I think that's mm-hmm. one of the main reasons why a lot of these. Uh, organizations are looking to hire him because he is able. And that was one of the pros of him coming in to the Ravens organization. He will just adapt to the talent around him and the situation. So definitely big ups to Monkey. He, he's done a phenomenal job.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Um, do you see Todd Monken getting a head coaching job next season?
1: If he interviews well, I don't, I never, when coming in, I did not think that he was going to be one of those people that gets an opportunity. A lot of these organizations are definitely throwing a wide net, I see, with a lot of these guys. I mean, there's position coaches for the Ravens that are being offered uh, opportunities to interview for these head coaching jobs. So we'll see. There's some big fish out there, Jim Harbaugh, uh, Bill Belichick being another one. So uh, I don't know. If I were to guess, I'd say no. I'd say if you had to choose between Todd Munkin and McDonald, which one do I feel like is more likely to get the head coaching job? i say it's McDonald. McDonald's pretty much been, he's one of those Mike McDaniel guys, Sean McVay guys, one of those nerdy exes and those guys that a lot of these organizations are starting to cover more and more. Uh, right. So I think that he's more likely to get a head coaching job. But it wouldn't have surprised me if Munkin got it, because again, like I said, he's one of those guys that can adapt to any situation, and that's a very great trait to have in a head coach. I think John Harbaugh is another example of that who can pretty much adapt to any situation and, and morph into to what the team needs.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that Todd Monk can do battle interviews. Not because, you know, I don't want to be a hater or nothing in that nature, but I just felt like him coming back another year would do Lamar career another justice. Um oh, yeah. for the simple fact that um Lamar has been having different uh offensive coordinators since he coming in since he came in the league. Mm-hmm. I understand that Greg Roman had a little bit longer tenure um than the rest of the offensive coordinators, but the Ravens. Organization in general always switches offensive coordinator like the second or third year. We, we 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 rarely get to see how they can evolve um, more into uh, our offense. So I'm really hoping that Todd Monkin gets to stay another year. He was just a couple of years, but most definitely next year, I want him to stay with us. Um, Mike McDaniel, Mike McDonald, man. Um, phew, my, I, I think you are right. I, I think I. He's going to be gone before Todd Monken. Um, yeah, I, 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 the way he changed that defense because we didn't really have nothing, nobody believed that our defense was going to be anything, especially with that, that, that DB room. That DB room was just so depleted, out of whack, getting players Mm -hmm. back from injuries, getting having players go on injuries and stuff like that. It was just like, where's uh, Mike McDonald's going to really get his impact players from? You know it just can't be all about Marlon Humphrey Marlon right. Humphrey you know gonna have to do his part but who else is going to come along and 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 do that part and the the way he got a Justin Matabike this year I don't I'm not gonna just fully give it to uh Mike McDonald but man I think that Justin Mattabique in his second year in Mike McDonald's system has really flourished has really put his name to mm-hmm. be. Uh, a uprising D tackle in this league. I'm not gonna put him in the same room with Aaron Donald just yet. But if he has that's
1: another,
0: close. if he has another season like this, man, it's like you have no chance to put him in that same room as as Aaron Donald um, just yet. So the way he just get things out of players, that's that's really show you that that's the head coach in the making. Because everybody didn't believe Jadavion Clowney was going to have this type of year. Yeah. The way the way Kyle Van Noy came on what like the fourth game of the season and look at the year that he's had. Um nobody nobody really seen uh 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 like I said, Justin Metabique having a year like this. It's, it's, so it and then we didn't have Ty Tyres Bowser this year, who had, they just kept saying yeah. that he was supposed to be our edge rusher of the other of, of our organization. So for
1: that's you, a situation dude, we need to watch too, by the way. That's uh I, He's gone. He's gone. He's, just, uh, he's, he's, yeah, it's, it's stuff it's right now in the castle. I'll, I'll say that there's, there's things going on behind the scenes that. He's messed up.
0: I don't yeah. know if it's him or it's the organization, but it's him not playing this year. Messed his chances up in my eyes.
1: Yeah. He, uh, he, the coaching staff and the medical staff thinks he should be playing. Is what I'm hearing. So they, they saying that he should be out there when I understand it, I think it was maybe an, don't quote me on this, but early in the season, week four, week five is when I heard like that. Like week
0: six, somewhere around yeah, that time. They're, they're,
1: they said that he should be out there. Tyus Bowser doesn't think so. He thinks that his knee doesn't, isn't reacting well, and he wants some reassurance that if he does go out there, his 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 livelihood is in jeopardy. So he's kind of inching for a new contract. And, of course, the Ravens don't want to do that until they see something from him. So that's where they're at right now. So I don't, don't expect Tyus Bowser out this year for sure. And we'll see what happens in the offseason because that's a situation where I think it's very similar to what happened with Lamar Jackson last year with his ankle injury that kept him out of the postseason. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit of contract related, uh, related, a little bit of I trust my body, the coaches and medical staff can't tell him to be out there, that type of deal. So, yeah, that Tyus Bowser situation is very, very, uh, it's, it's, it's not getting a lot of attention. I think it should be getting because there's some stuff going on behind the scenes for sure.
0: Yeah, because like like I said, uh he was supposed to have been playing since week six. And I really was looking forward for Towers Bowser to play this year. Um, because last year he showed me a load of promise. He showed mm-hmm. me that he can he he's not a TJ Watt or or Miles Garrett or anything of that nature, but he can put his name on notice. And when he didn't start the season, I was like, all right, give him about week five, week six. He should come back and then start the rumors. Oh, yes, he's coming back, and this is his time and stuff like that. And when he didn't show up, I was like, it's not good for him. Mm-hmm. You know, this was your chance because the way the defense is playing, the way the defense – and that was around about week six is where our defense started putting the league on notice of like, hold on, this Raven defense is starting to be, as I like to say, fast and physical. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, "Well, if we just add Tyus Bowser, then we can even be more faster because nobody didn't like I said. Nobody didn't expect Jadavion Clowney to be to have this type of season, okay. and he potentially might have added another year with us the way he played this year. So you know, I and you don't have to put big money into Jadavion Clowney. You Definitely. can almost give him the same type of contract that he got this year." Just add some of senators in there with him, and I think he'll be happy. So uh Thomas Bowser, man, I, I just think that he will be gone um next year. I think he will be one of the free agent um people that we lose, and that, that can potentially open up some more money um for a next guy, like because Kyle Hamilton money is gonna yeah. it's, it's it's rising up. <laughs> it is most All definitely pro, rising.
1: He's getting paid. For um sure.
0: Let's, let's switch it over. Well, let's keep it on to the defense. Um, we now got holding that triple crown uh, points, sacks, and uh, total yards this year, man. Um, like I said, that was a, a surprising for me. Like I said, I knew this defense was going to be a top five defense, but the way they kept we kept announcing ourselves to to be that top five because it, one minute it can be the interceptions, then the next game it can be us with the sacks then the next most definitely throughout that whole season they show you they we showed you our defense you can't you can't score on us that much Mm -hmm. yes you may can score on your first drive but after that first drive that might be your best drive and your last drive to actually score on us um what was your take on the defense you know as them getting those triple crowns this year
1: yeah i think they're phenomenal i think they're the 2006 Ravens defense is probably my favorite defense of all time.
0: Uh, Better than the 2000
1: of, defense? Yeah. I, I, I mean, because I think the 2000 defense is the best of all time. Don't get me wrong, but okay. My favorite defense is 2006 because they're more equipped for today's day and age. They're definitely more stack heavy. 2000 Ravens defense was great, but they're more of a one-stopping team mm-hmm. uh, and very physical on the outside, something they wouldn't be able to do now. But the 06 defense... With Terrell Suggs leading the charge, they were just
0: organized chaos. Organized <laughs> chaos. It was
1: so fun to watch as a fan of football. This year it's just been a joy to watch film. I just love the way they play multiple looks. I love the way they have Kyle Hamilton switching up. Love the way they have three safeties on the field at a time sometimes. It's just it's been it's been fun to watch. And I think that the sky's the limit for this team. I mean, if you think about guys who could potentially leave, I think. Like I mentioned earlier, Patrick Queen might not be around. Justin Matabike might have to be franchise tag because of what he does with interior pressure. If Mike McDonald stays somehow, is the, if the organizations in the NFL are dumb enough to, to not hire this guy, <laughs> next year could be even worse uh, for these teams because they're building. They're building something here. and mm-hmm. All it takes is a one or two guys in a draft that EDC can bring on and they're supplementing guys in and out. It's the key guys are not going anywhere. Kyle Hamilton's going to be here. Marlon Humphrey's going to stay. Maybe Marcus Williams gets a casualty, but they keep Geno Stone. Who knows with the safety group, but the core foundation set with Roquan Smith and Kyle Hamilton and Humphrey to have a, a, a big, big few years. If they can keep McDonald's, if they're not, then they bring in someone else. And I think likely it's going to be an internal hire for the new DC. If McDonald leaves, then they need to make sure they have the way to keep those multiple looks and knowing to, when to use them and stuff like that. So... I, I've been more than impressed with the defense. I think the defense is phenomenal and could continue to be so uh in the years to come.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Um I I'm I'm hoping that PQ is able to come back next year because like I said, he's one of my favorites. Um and and the way I mean, him and Roquan is playing, yeah. I understand that money, I totally get it. But I I honestly I, I don't really see a lot of teams really going out there to him. Now, the lower ranking teams like the Arizona Cardinals, um uh, you know, teams like that might go after him because they're going to have that cap space and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I think that PQ is also wants to be on the contended team and, you know, teams like the Arizona Cardinals, Chicago bears are not into their winning culture just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, things could change that the next year. You never know. PQ could be that guy that can change their culture for them because mm-hmm. he's been around winning culture here and and, uh, and with the Ravens. But I, I'm really hoping that PQ, um, can sign a nice contract i'm really hoping that we can find a way to break justin matt back also um whether it's a franchise tag but that franchise tag gonna have to be healthy because i'm i'm, I'm pretty sure he ain't gonna just sign uh, uh, uh a regular franchise tag and be like yeah i come back like nah tough, this man. guy this guy was it's setting records tough. man um so marcus williams uh but well, i thought he sounded like a, a lengthy contract yeah, when he first yeah, but
1: was, again if you're trying to sign a guy like pq or maddie bk you're gonna have to make a sacrifice and i think I, I because of the think, level of play you got daryl wally you got gino stone you got kyle hamilton a lot of money to have at uh the safety position so i think I
0: gino know. not gonna get a big contract this year i think gino gonna have to play another dope year yeah for him to, um get paid
1: um, yeah him
0: being what tied number one or number two for the mm-hmm. interceptions that's a nice start, but um, for him to be a starter with us, I think he' gonna have to fight Kyle, Kyle Hamilton. Even though Kyle Hamilton can switch everywhere, he can yeah. play in you know every position. But if you were had to pick, I'm pretty sure the Ravens would pick Kyle Hamilton over Gino, you know, to oh, be yeah. a starter. Sure. Um, Marcus Williams, I think that you would had to do you had to restructure that contract um other than your first year when you came out and grabbed those five interceptions your 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 availability hasn't been there as much Mm -hmm. um starting to see that you he is a liability with injuries um good safety you know i mean i i I see why the ravens paid him that year uh when he came but now that as i'm looking at it and his ability is uh availability you had to re-structure um, that contract for me for Marcus Williams. And I think that um, if he's willing to do that, that will most definitely help us out to maybe potentially giving even Justin Mettabike uh, a healthier franchise tag or throw some money at PQ. Because I just think that Roquan and PQ combination, man, you, you just don't want to break that up just yet. Yeah. You, point. you just don't want to. And mm-hmm.
1: hey, he loves Roquan. That's one of the that's working in the Ravens' favor. Contract negotiation starts. He loves Roquan. There, they have a little bromance going on, so they can use that to their advantage. Maybe get a a healthy deal. Like you mentioned, it's going to be teams like the Cardinals and these lower tier teams that are going to likely have the cash space to go after him. So they can do something friendly, but you know, lucrative for PQ and that saves them catch space by also rewarding him for his, his play. Then I think he might stay.
0: Lamar MVP? Yes or
1: no? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, this is the one year. If you asked me this last year with those stats, I'd say no. This is the year where defensive, especially past defenses, have been playing very well. The guys who have better statistical stats than him, your Josh Allen's, your Tua's, even your Brock Purdy's, either they lost to the, the Ravens in an extraordinary fashion or the teams aren't doing as well. So this is the year where Lamar's lucky one. He's performing very well in primetime games. So sort the of. The 49ers game comes to mind. Even though the Dolphins were not primetime, they were the number one team people were watching. Mm-hmm. And he's performed very well in those games. And, and the Ravens are the number one seed in the AFC after trouncing the number one team in the NFC. So it's more narrative than anything else. Uh, this, so this is just one year where, if not him, then who? You know, if you, are you going to give it to Josh Allen, who's thrown almost 20 interceptions? Are you going to give it to Brock Purdy, who people have had questions about being a system guy? Who got absolutely exposed against the Ravens to was the guy who just lost the AFC East championship, basically, uh, due to his inability to rally around his team. So if it's not Lamar, then I am okay with Christian McCaffrey, a guy who's pretty much done very well, probably the most consistent, dominant player uh, on, in the NFL this year. So if, if it's not going to be a quarterback, then give it to Christian McCaffrey. But if it's a QB, 100% Lamar Jackson. No
0: doubt. It's 100% Lamar hands down. Yeah. He 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 already changed the narrative of everybody. <laughs> you know, everybody, nobody really believed that Lamar was going to be able to do this. Nobody believed that when Lamar said, I want to throw for 5,000 yards, everybody, yo, come on, guys.
1: <laughs> no exactly. You
0: know, we, you just got to be lucky for you to get to 3,000. Mm-hmm. And he did it. And it wasn't no by luck. Like, he right. got the 3,000 strong with, with, with ease. Um, mm-hmm. He was able to play every game this year. Exactly. He was able to knock out the noise of the injuries and stuff like that. He was showing you that he is the most valuable player on the team and in the conference and in the league. Remember, what? all these GMs was passing up. Oh, Lamar, he's the dynamic player, but we don't want to play it. We don't want to pay him.
1: Exactly. Don't get me started on that. That's cool.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? So it is just like, I understand I heard a noise about Christian McCaffrey. I heard a noise about Tyreek Hill. I heard a noise about Brock Purdy and Tua and, and all Dak that. Prescott, the only person yeah. I can give it to being real close it will be Christian McCaffrey because we've mm-hmm. seen that the 49ers are a different team without Christian McCaffrey uh, right. playing behind Brock Purdy. But we also seen that it doesn't matter who Lamar is playing with. Remember, he's 8-0 without Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. Remember, he... He is, uh, what is he, 17 and, I mean, 19 and 13 when it comes to primetime games. It doesn't matter if you put him in London. doesn't matter if you put him on the West Coast. It doesn't matter if you put him on the East Coast. He came out and played.
1: Yes,
0: sir. Um, so I, I really feel like this is, he's a shoe in to be an MVP. Now, he might not get unanimous like he did in 2019. Yeah, um, probably not. I, 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 I don't really see it. I can see Christian McCaffrey taking a couple votes from him. Yeah. Um, but Lamar's hands-down MVP this year in my eyes, man. He, he showed you that you don't have to be Patrick Mahomes. You don't he, he don't have to be Josh Allen who has to do everything for his team, anything mm-hmm. of that nature. You put weapons around him. You put a good offensive coordinator around him. You put a great game plan around him. He's going to do what Lamar's supposed to do. Exactly. You know what I mean? It just ain't backyard football no more. Now, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I love him when he plays the backyard football, but I, I'm more in love that he get to sit there, he get to read one option, two option, three option, then he mm-hmm. get to go ahead and play backyard football. Exactly.
1: That's you what
0: know, it so is. I, I just think that he, since he showed everybody that he's a quarterback, he's not no running back, and he mm-hmm. ain't quarterback-y, but <laughs> <God>. <laughs> he's, I, I, I was so mad when she did that interview. Yeah, and she's tripping. Back. Oh my gosh. Um, but Lamar really show you, shows you that him on the Ravens team, the Ravens are a completely different team, completely different.
1: Agreed. Um,
0: keep it on the office side. We was talking off air, and the question I wanted to ask you.
1: Oh, this will be good.
0: You said that it's a potentially that we can get um, uh, Dirk Henry. This uh-huh. offseason, you know, I mean, that would be a good fit. You said you like this fit. My question is, we got Dalvin Cook on this free agent uh going into the playoffs. If Dalvin Cook can show you that he can still be Dalvin Cook of Minnesota, going to this offseason with the running back issues that we have, who would you take? Dalvin Cook, who can show you that he, him and Keaton Mitchell can be a nice dynamic duo in that backfield? Or would you go with King Henry, who he shows you that doesn't matter who his offensive line is, doesn't matter who his quarterback is, doesn't matter who he's playing against. Dark Henry is going to run 100%. He's going to give you 100% ball. Out, out of Dalvin Cook and, and, and King Henry, and during this offseason, who would
1: you take? I would have to see some pretty Minnesota-like runs from Dalvin Cook to go (laughs) that route. Now, from what I've heard, from people inside the castle, he's looked more like the Dalvin Cook in Minnesota than the guy in New York. The people don't understand. The Jets have the worst run offensive line in the league, by far the worst, and that pretty much speaks to what Brees Hall is able to do, given that he's still had success with that offensive line, but... They have a very bad old line when it comes to run blocking. So he comes into a situation where the Ravens are running a lot of zone, where the opposing defenses to decide whether or not it's Lamar carrying it or if it's the running back or if Lamar's going for a play action. There's three things to worry about instead of two. So I, he can have success. If he has that success, then I can see the, a possibility of it happening. But if he has a Melvin Gordon-type performance, excuse me, that's no knock on Melvin Gordon, but you know he's over there in age. If he's showing – flashes but not enough I sincerely think because keep in mind the Ravens were very close to getting Derrick Henry during the trade deadline I mean extremely close to the point where uh, people were talking about the possibility that there were some in-house things with the Tennessee Titans that kind of kept it from happening so Derrick Henry wants to be in Baltimore the Ravens wanted Derrick Henry so that's why I say there's a chance it could happen but like you said, if David Cook has a strong season, he has that connection Florida connection with Zay Flowers and, and and Lamar Jackson. So sometimes it's more about locker room chemistry than anything else. If he has that type of performance, then he could definitely be the guy who stays. Uh, but Keaton Mitchell, his explosiveness, Justice Hill, who's also looked explosive these last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So they have a great, great uh, problem to have with all these running backs. And Gus Edwards, I didn't even talk about him. <sighs> Lots of running backs to use. In their, uh, in their quest to be a dominant team. But, yeah, I'll say my, I'm leaning more towards King Henry. And people have mentioned Saquon Broccoli. I don't see it. I think it's going to be more of a King Henry type deal or, or or to keep Gus Edwards or potentially bring back J.K. Dobbins, which I think is, is less likely than anything else.
0: Oof. Uh, yeah, now as you sitting here, you, you, pose, you, you put it in that way, man. I, Dalvin Cook most definitely going to have to show something from here on out for me yeah. to actually – be like, yeah, Dalvin Cook, hands down. Because, like I said, if it's the Dalvin Cook of Minnesota, the way this offense is built, Dalvin Cook is like a shoe in coming back next year to see how he can fully uh, be in this offense. Um, because the way that this offense is structured, it, you need a running back like him. Mm-hmm. Um, you, 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 we, I, I, potentially thought if Dobbin's was able to stay healthy, Dobbin's was going to have a breakout year. Oh yeah, he was going to have an explosive year, and he was going to get paid. Mm -hmm. Um, But when he got hit with that injury, uh, it's like a zero point five percent chance that Dobbin is coming back as a Raven in my eyes. Yeah, Keith Mitchell, seeing that that explosive home run hitter that he can be, and we yeah we're not getting him back this year, and we most definitely probably won't get him back until about mid next year. Um. But I, I can see him being explode. I can see him being the guy, you know, as long as he, he can stay healthy. That mm-hmm. that ACL injury is really gonna be an impactful year for him next year and showing that he can stay healthy. Gus the bus, he took a pay cut to stay with us this year, and I just don't really send him doing a pay cut next year. Yeah. Um, he's probably gone. I, I would love for him to stay, but once again, them lower market teams. It's going to be looking for a durable running back. And Gus mm-hmm. was showing you that he was, he was durable. He showed you that he's not just a power runner. He can leak yeah. out into the beer pass catcher. He can be, uh, uh, I think he can be a thousand yard rusher if he oh, had yeah. that opportunity to, um, to have the ball in his hands that much. So I really think that Gus, especially if he wins a suit, if we win a super bowl, Gus will be gone um, next year. Mm-hmm. Uh Dark Henry, I would love to see you come here. That powerful running, don't know, just to see defense to be scared. Do you Mm -hmm. take on Henry or do you take on Jackson? It's just Mm -hmm. like it's a lose-lose situation because we already know LJ can really make you dance on the open field. And then on the open field, do you really want to tackle Henry? (laughs) You know, so – that
1: It's gonna be, yeah,
0: he's kind of that that that's like a scary combination that you as a Raven fan, like, yeah, I want to see that, but then it's like, Whew, is that chemistry gonna be there? You know, I mean, can Derek Henry can can be mature? I think he can, but can he be mature enough when Lamar snatches it out out that pocket and you know he takes the carry away from King Mm -hmm. Henry? Can can he have that mindset to be like Ah, okay, I can live with that. That's Lamar, or yeah, he wants to still show people that I'm King Henry. I'm still the top rusher. I'm still a thousand yard back. I'm still can do this. Um, so that, that that be my only thing I would look for to see um, if he decides to come here. But him and Lamar in that backfield would be scary. Yeah, one hundred percent would be most definitely. Scary. Staff,
1: front of staff turn off as a at that possibility. I'll <laughs> tell you that. Uh, I promise you, they're ready. <laughs> they are ready.
0: Oh, man. In the divisional round, we're going to be watching some of these games like the Houston, Texas, and the Browns, the KC, and, and, and the Miami Dolphins. Um, Who do you think that the Ravens I, – I believe we match up well with anybody. But That's for correct. us, we know that – as the true Ravens fans, that the divisional round is, is like a curse for us. Mm-hmm. For the last couple of years that we get to the divisional rounds hasn't been our friend. Always had to get that early exit. Um, do you, who would you like to see in a divisional round to give us the best chance to go to the AFC championship?
1: That's there. There's two teams that I think will give them an easy time. One, many may not agree with one for sure. They agree with I think the Texans are probably the team that gives the Ravens the best chance to win. Uh, their defense isn't matching up well with the Ravens' offense at all. Uh, mm-hmm. CJ Shots, a rookie quarterback who I respect a lot, I think he's going to be a phenomenal QB uh,
0: years to come. He's yeah,
1: but uh, he, he needs to get his feet wet to understand these multiple looks and what these defensive coordinators are trying to do. So that may take a year or two for him to really jump off, but pure arm talent and ability to lead as men. I think CJ Shaw is phenomenal, but the team roster isn't structured in a way to really give Baltimore fit. So I expect them to be the team that uh, the Ravens may have the easiest time with. And my second team is the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are not good are they're, they're, They don't match up well with the Ravens at all. If you look back to the first game, the Ravens only lost that game because of those drops. The Ravens had three or four potential Touchdowns that were that weren't to be because of drops. So, and then the second game, the Ravens were playing with practice squad guys, and you know that's the <laughs> that's the thing they say. But really, second and third stringers with the a, in a couple of starters, but and they mm-hmm. still only won by seven points. So, right. roster wise, the Steelers are by far the worst team in the playoffs, and without T.J. Watt, it just makes it worse. And Mason Rudolph is definitely the worst quarterback out of all of them. But I put an asterisk by that because it is a divisional opponent. The Steelers mm-hmm. do know the Ravens very well. They will do things that other teams aren't able to do to slow down Lamar Jackson and stuff like that. But again, because of the roster and because of the X's and O's factor, I think the Steelers are the second team that, of course, Ravens uh, will want to see, I believe, if I'm being honest. But when it comes down to it, I think it's probably going to come down to either the, t- the, the Browns or the Dolphins that get it just based mm-hmm. off the way the seating's looking like. So uh, I would not want to play the Dolphins again. I say that because I think the Dolphins are definitely explosive. Even though matchup-wise, the Ravens match up well, they have that ability to score at any given play, and that mm. is very dangerous and something you don't want to see at home in the division around when you know, you've know you had all these cursed like seasons in the division around in the past. I think that the Dolphins would be the one team that I would not to play. But the Texans are definitely the team I think that the Ravens will have the easier time with uh, coming up.
0: I can most definitely agree with you with the Texans um, because what we did to them in week one, even though I know that was so long ago, but yeah. I, I feel like that the Texans, they only getting here because they are my surprise team of the sure. AFC this year. Um, I really thought that I knew the Texans would be okay, but I didn't think they was going to win a division, even though Jacksonville handed it to them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I, I just think that Houston is. Just too young um, at this point in time, uh, so I, I really think that Houston will give us a, a easier way to get to the AFC Championship. I can see the Steelers a little bit. Um, I was having this conversation with my Steeler homeboy earlier, and he wants the third matchup of us. He feels like that it's the Steelers true. has the best chance and everything. And I was just the points that you was giving it out to. I was like, mm-hmm. well, we gotta remember that first game. Nelson Aguilar and OBJ and the rest of the crew didn't really drop them passes. Yeah. That's that was like twenty, close to twenty-one points that we was get ready to put up on y'all, mm-hmm. you know. And if 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 Marlon Humphrey didn't play press co- press covers on Pickens, and and if we had, had safety help over there on Marlon because that was his first game back from his injury, exactly. I just don't think that Pickens would have got that. But it got that pass like that. Don't get me wrong, Pickens is a monster. He's, he's a unique talent, but I don't think with safety help and a and a, a different corner and a p- corner that didn't press up on him, right. he wouldn't he wouldn't have got that. And then, like you just said, that second game was almost technically ours.
1: Yeah, <laughs> which <know>? is crazy <laughs> considering who they had on the field.
0: And You're then nuts. once again, the Steelers are a team that can put up all these total yards all these total yards but once again they can't match points they can't put Mm -hmm. up points you know so if y'all can just barely put up 17 points on our second third string practice squad guys what makes you think that you're going to handle our team at full strength and with mark andrews exactly (laughs) you know so
1: he might not be back for the division round he yeah, it's I I, I, I expect him to James play
0: the original yeah. round. I, I I will only put him in, just to, just to let him feel for the game. You yeah. know, I put him in, give him a target him at least four times. Uh-huh. Then you out. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, Isaiah Likely has already shown us that he can fill in. He can be that guy. He, he Isaiah Likely is an unsung hero that people just don't understand oh, yeah. why he is because Isaiah Likely. On some of these downfield passes, back in the day, crackbacks, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Isaiah likely would have killed some of yeah. these players. For him to be mentally uh, aware of him not cracking back a lot of people, he just be standing there setting picks right, um, exactly. for people to get around. So I was like, oh, that's that's my IQ. You don't want to get the flag. Um, you don't want to get uh, uh, no fine or anything in that day. So – that was you got good IQ, you got good hands. You're a big guy. Nobody really takes Isaiah Likely down on the first tackle. Nope. So you show me you got good hands and you got the ability to, to break tackles. I, Isaiah Likely to me was unsung hero on this offense. Man, he was a he didn't the, the spotlight wasn't too big for him. The shoes mm-hmm. wasn't too big for him either for to him filling into Mark Andrews. So um,
1: they didn't miss the beat at all. Didn't.
0: At all, so yeah. I, I most definitely can see the Texans being an easy way, and I can see I, – I don't want the third matchup of the Steelers because, like I said, I I hate the Steelers. I don't yeah. want to see them on my TV screen as much. You're not going
1: to see them. They're going to lose to the Bills for sure. I, 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 think, so
0: I yeah. think so, too. I think so, too. The scariest team, um, I'm going to to go take a different route than the Dolphins. Um, okay. Don't get me wrong, I think the Dolphins do scare me a little bit, just a little bit. I've, I've been, they are a team that can put up 70 points. They showed it already. Yeah. Um, they are an explosive team. Their quarterback is not a bad quarterback. Um, I believe he's just above average. Mm-hmm. Um Tyreek Hill, and then if Jalen Waddle is available, that, that's two dynamic wide receivers exactly. that running. It's like they're the only thing they are depleted in is in, on the defensive side. They exactly. don't have Bradley mm-hmm. Chubb and Van Van Winkle probably not gonna be able to fill in every spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but my scariest team will be the Cleveland Browns. Um, that aggressive defense. I know I made jokes offline. I said I, uh, you know, they was that all all bite, no, I mean all bulk, no bite and stuff right. like that. But for some strange reason they find ways to stay in with teams. Um it would it, be good teams, whether it's the Kansas City Chiefs, whether it's the Dallas Cowboys or the San Francisco 49ers, the, the the Browns was able to either win or stay in those games. Yeah. Um, and and the way Joe Flacco is looking, we all know how playoff jokers we had playoff joke. Playoff Joe can go on the can go on the rip. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and Cleveland offense is not slow, even though they don't have Nick Chubb. But they still got Hunt. They still got um, a joke They still got Amari Cooper, who I still can be a, a number one wide receiver in the game. Oh, yeah. He's a dog. Um, they have players in different positions in different groups where I feel like the Browns can, can be a sneaky team and, and, and beat their way out of the uh, wild card number one and can give us a little bit of chance because they are a division opponent. This will be the third mm-hmm. time for us seeing them also. Um, so I, I really feel like the Browns can be a scary team for us to play in a, in that divisional round.
1: Yeah, I think the only problem I have with the Browns is one Joe Flacco throws about four or five throwable mm-hmm. interceptions a game. Uh the first meeting, the Ravens pretty much dominated, them, but there's an asterisk because they did have their uh DCR in. Um the second game, the Ravens had that game won. The only reason why the Ravens really had problems is because they blocked that field goal kick that really put them in a good Go field minimum. position to, to score. Yeah. yeah, uh Deshaun Watson went 14 for 14. He did what you know guys like Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray do, which is extend plays with his legs. So mm-hmm. he the defense fits. That's something that Joe Flacco can't do. Uh what Joe Flacco can do is make you pay if you let the run game get going. He's one of the better. Play action quarterbacks in the league. So oh, definitely uh and in that matchup, if it does come to pass, as long as the Ravens do a good job of slowing down Ford and the rest of those running backs and and really keen in on what Joe Flacco does when he throws the ball because he's going to take his shots, he's a slinger. Uh, then I think the Ravens might have a good chance to win. But to your point, it is a divisional opponent. It's not gonna be the first time they see this team, it'll be the third time. In fact, to be honest, out of all the teams that they're ready to face in the divisional round, they've played at least once already. So there is that common factor, but the Browns and the Steelers, the two teams that will see them multiple times in any given season. So I could see why you say the Browns. And I think the Browns would probably be a scary matchup, um, but something about that Dolphins team. I don't want Ravens fans to think that the Dolphins, just because they got spanked uh, oh, no, no, a couple of no, weeks no. ago, that ain't don't going think that. that that Dolphins team, that's not going to happen again. It's not going to happen twice. It's not going to happen that, twice. Tyree Hill to drop the, it, a touchdown pass. Again. Exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> Just be watching out for that. But to your point, I think logistically and seriously, the Browns are probably the Ravens' toughest ask because, one, they're the only team that really gave them problems this season other than, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, the the Colts maybe. The Colts really didn't win anything. And Again, I don't really count the Steelers at all because they (laughs) – Yeah, I don't count the Steelers at all. So, yeah, the Browns, I think to your point, I think you're right. If you put a gun in my head, i say Browns for sure. Probably the toughest matchup. Before I let you
0: go, Sam. Is this the year that we get it done all the way? I think this is the year. Are we going to be in Vegas?
1: I think for sure they're going to be in Vegas 100%. I think it would take a catastrophic meltdown internally from the team. Matchup-wise, there is no team in the AFC that can give them problems. The Bills have Josh Allen, and Josh Allen can take over a game by himself because of his size. But just like Joe Flacco, he's a guy that throws – the ball carelessly a lot and you mm-hmm. cannot do that against the ravens defense so if josh allen has a clean game against the ravens and possibly makes a game of it maybe but again it starts and ends with lamar jackson is he's, he's an x-factor defenses if you're watching in the last three or four weeks are very confused they're really trying to find a way to slow down lamar i think the past couple of weeks the the name of the game has been contained so these pass rushes aren't really attacking the line of scrimmage like they usually do, which is why Rodney Stanley's having an okay game recently as a late against these edge rushers, but you're going to have to find a way. The Browns are a team, and the Steelers, those two teams are two teams that they don't play contain. They attack Lamar and let whatever happens, happens. But mm-hmm. I think that in the playoffs, because of what happened and you one and done, they're going to try and take their contain approach. They're going to try and say, hey, we're going to let you do what you do with your arm and let the you know, chips fall the way they may, and They've put up 50 points on teams because of that. So I just think that Lamar Jackson has what it takes to make it to the dance. Cowboys are a team that, if they make it to the Super Bowl, Ooh, could be oh, a Just funny great action. Who is, your, who,
0: is yeah. your NFC? who is your NFC I, team I, I think it's you think be, that the Ravens will play in the Super Bowl?
1: If the Cowboys do what they have to do, they have a shot. I still like what I see from the 49ers just because of their scheme-wise, but the 49ers don't want to see the Ravens again. That Ravens game (laughs) in Christmas night could have been a lot worse. Brock Hardy looks confused out there. His ability to read post-snap is one of the worst out of the guys left. I think Tua is one of those guys who's really good at post-snap reads. They play a lot of high-low, so Mm -hmm. the guy cutting in uh, on the end isn't open, and the guy running the post is, and so they do a lot of that, so it's very easy to read, and he's able to really decipher what the defense is trying to do post-snap, but Brock Purdy's not that guy. He's not that guy. So <laughs> if they make it to the dance, they better run the ball. Christian McCaffrey and you know, only run the ball because Purdy's a liability out there against his defense.
0: So you like the Ravens and the Cowboys?
1: Uh, I think the Ravens and Cowboys would be the funner matchup. But I, mm-hmm. if I had to predict, I think it's going to be Ravens 49ers. I think it's going to be chalk. I think the one seed for the AFC, one seed for the NFC. Uh, but I think the, the Cowboys made it will be a lot more fun because the 49ers aren't ready. They're not, they're not ready for the Ravens.
0: For me, I think I think the Ravens will be in Vegas this year. Um, I really just don't really see a lot of teams matching up. The only way I see teams really beating us is if that offense goes stale, go yeah. goes into quicks, go into a quicksand mode. Um, that will be the only way I can really just see us letting teams get that uh, momentum, um, because I I think our defense is is fast, physical, and strong enough to opponents we already we held opponents for under 17 points all year so mm-hmm. I, I really just think that the defense will continue that that pace it just will be our offense Longs long as our offense do not go stale go dry you know what i mean nobody's really i don't see nobody in front of us my my prediction will be the 49ers again also i just think yeah. from top to bottom they are the second best team um uh behind us. Um mm-hmm. they are built right. They are um they follow that system. And this is what I mean when I follow that system. As far as like these other guys, like I don't think that Brock Curdy will go to another system and he will get the same numbers that we get now. Oh yeah. I don't think that Brian iU would be a top wide receiver anywhere else in the league. Um I don't uh I don't see George Kittle is is still my number three tight end um behind Mark Andrews and, and Travis Kelsey still. Mm-hmm. So I, I just I just they they you put them in the right system in which they are in now, they are going to flourish because you know what I mean Kyle Shanahan was able to build around his talent. All he needed was a quarterback, a system quarterback that don't really go outside the box as much. You know, I don't think that Lamar would really fit into Kyle Shanahan's system. Um, I think that he will evolve, he will learn how to play in the system, but I just don't think that if you put Lamar into Kyle Shanahan's system, that Lamar would do what Brock Purdy did this year. I think that Brock Purdy was was the guy for Kyle Shanahan, was able to play in the system. And I think that's why Brock Purdy won't be won't get that respect to be an elite quarterback. Because, um, I think outside of Kyle Shanahan's system, Brock Purdy wouldn't be, we wouldn't have these questions, we wouldn't put Brock Purdy in the MVP conversation. Um, so that's why I really just think that the 49ers are built to make it deep into the playoffs. Because we seen that last year, and Brock Purdy was able to play, I, I think that they would have beat the Philadelphia um, Eagles, oh, yeah, um, in that NFC championship. So, um, I, I really just think that. I don't. I don't really got too much belief into the Cowboys. Um, I I always keep telling people this: as long as Jerry Jones is their owner, they are cursed. <laughs> they, <laughs> point. He sold his soul to get those '90s Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And now, you know the the, the devil was like, "Hey, you paid your dues. <laughs> I gave you a Super Bowl. Come on, my guy." So right. I just think that far as Jerry Jones, as long as he's around, the Cowboys won't win a Super Bowl. Um, and I just don't believe that Mike McCarthy can get it done with that, Prescott. For some strange reason, I just don't think that those two uh, are compatible, you know, mm-hmm. like how Lamar and, and John Harbaugh, how, like I just said, Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan, because he could fit into Kyle Shanahan's system. Um, so I I, I just don't see it like how, t- uh, Tua. And Mike McDaniels is over there in Miami. Um, so I just don't see Mike McCarthy and, and Dak Prescott on the same page fully. I just think they just deal with each other because that's their work. That's their job. Um, I just don't see that chemistry really flourishing them. And I, I, I'm just not a sole believer the Cowboys. I can go I can go for days <laughs> of why the Cowboys. I, I just don't see it. But um, so – 49ers and Ravens is pretty much both our predictions. Do you? Yeah. What's your score if, you, if we were to get that Super Bowl matchup? Do you think it will be a 34-31 like how it was a couple of years ago? Or do you think it will be another ass-whooping that the Ravens gave like how we did on Christmas Day?
1: Look key I'm leaning towards ass-whooping, honestly. Unless, <laughs> unless the 49ers decide, okay, it's a Super Bowl, <laughs> fuck it, let's – Blitz the hell out of Lamar Jackson and 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 definitely do things to disrupt the offensive line because keeping him in the pocket is just not going to cut it. I think right. the defenses to, to hopefully to their credit understand that Lamar is a great quarterback with his arm and and do things. But if you sit there and just let him sit in the pocket, it's 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 dicey. And I do not again <laughs> trust Brock Purdy against Kyle Hamilton and that and that defense coordinator. I just. So if they get the to act together, maybe it's a close game. I'll go thirty-four twenty, but mm. it can really be thirty-four thirteen
0: type mm. of a deal.
1: If I mean, man, I I just wish I might I might do a series where I just post it on my podcast, show you guys the film of what Rock Purdy was seeing out there and how he responded. It was it was ugly.
0: It was way <laughs> worse
1: than what y'all saw on TV. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I think. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going I'm going Ravens strong for sure in that matchup again.
0: If the Ravens get most definitely the Ravens get all the way to Vegas, nobody stops us. Mm-mm. I don't care who they put in front of us, it's gonna be an ass whooping city. Yeah, I sir. just really just think that this is our year. I just think that we are built for this year. This year. I think that from everything from the GM to the coaching staff to the players, I think we have it. I think yeah. this is the year that we really gotta it's all or nothing, you know. What I mean, because I, I really just think that if we don't capture it this year, it's going to be hard for us to capture it the following year. Because we've seen how Philadelphia is having a struggling season this year, yep. Um, after they was running ups from uh last year's Super Bowl, so mm-hmm. I just think that, and also how the Bills are uh, now they they was the AFC favorites, Super Bowl favorites, and then each year they don't make it, they just become. Uh, just a regular playoff team, and exactly. I don't want us to fall into that trap, man. Yeah, Sam, man, I appreciate you joining on, man. I swear, like I said, I, I'm a huge fan of yours. Keep I doing what you're doing, doing, man, and 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 let the let the world know how we can find you so they can know.
1: Well, you can find me on Twitter at Ravens Talk Pod, uh, also on Instagram where most people follow me on uh, Ravens Talk Podcast. um You also find me on YouTube at Ravens Talk Podcast. Uh, where you find my stuff, uh, daily and yeah, that's pretty much it, man. But yeah, I appreciate you for having me on and uh, keep doing your thing. We talked offline about, uh, about your, your grind. So I appreciate you and what you do. And feel free to reach out anytime if you need me.
0: Oh, anytime, man. I appreciate you, man. Ladies and gentlemen, sports writer or former sports writer, and now have his own Ravens talk podcast. My guy, Samuel, man. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you joining me on my birthday day, man. Happy birthday, bro big trust appreciate you there we have it ladies and gentlemen I told you I was gonna give y'all a dope episode on my birthday you feel me man my man Samuel was out here giving out that dope knowledge you feel me and like I said as my guy Bryson has alluded to man a sports writer who's also into medicine man so we already know that this guy is most definitely um intelligent and, 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 and I wish him nothing but the best for here on out, man. But as always, man, I appreciate everybody for joining in on my special birthday episode, man. That's why I wanted to do this episode today, man, because like I said, not only me just getting gifts. I want to be the guy that gives out gifts on his birthday, too. You feel me? So I appreciate everybody for tuning in, man. And if you have not already, please make sure you go follow the Grid Network because we have dope content creators on this network you feel me man and we got so many different shows man just to make sure y'all go out and check out my guy bryson carving it up with bryson um on monday wednesdays and fridays make sure y'all go check my guy out make sure y'all go check out our even podcast make sure y'all go check out raiders roundup make sure y'all go check out if you into mma check out um uh what's my guy's name oh man i'm so sorry y'all. i can't remember y'all uh podcast name man um but if you mma man please go check out my guys and make sure y'all go check out mtmo my thoughts my opinion sports podcast episode will drop this monday i got an episode that y'all guys really gotta gotta tune to you feel me So make sure y'all tune in on Monday. And if you uh, like the sports apparel that we have, man, make sure y'all go out and support the grid network, man. Go into my link, uh, my uh, link bio and all that good stuff, man. Make sure y'all shop, man. We got hats, shirts, hoodies. Doesn't matter what you want, yo. If you wanted to be a big supporter, yo, go out there and support us. You feel me, man? And I got a couple of comments before I let y'all go. My guy, Raw from Unsister Network saying, Sup, up, my guy? Happy G-Day. I appreciate you. My guy Alexander said, good show. Happy birthday. Don't sleep on the Cowboys Nation. All right, I'm going to go ahead and take a nap on them real quick. <laughs> but, no, I appreciate y'all, man. And, as always, man, big trust because why trust anything else? You feel me? I catch y'all about to go celebrate my birthday. I'm out.